part of being an experienced podcaster and I would say I'm definitely an inexperienced podcaster is a few things forward thinking thinking you're right and nine times out of ten making the wrong move I will explain more on this so normally when I was turning on the equipment pre-planning in my head what I'd like this episode to be like back in season one it would nine times out of ten be totally different and the episode would turn out to be totally something different that I had envisioned in my head as being one thing and it would totally be something else it's been just over a week and I've literally just thought to myself I'll just turn everything on and uh, I'll just just record and just see how things go because I always find when you pre-plan anything in life whether it's a podcast or what you're going to do tomorrow or next week or with family or friends sometimes when something comes in and just kind of stops that but that little speed bump in life um, it kind of pushes you off track so I thought well I'll try and do the opposite <laughs> and just go out right and just try it and see what it's like anyway welcome back Season 2, Episode 3. My name's Dave. Hello. This is Spiraling Sense of Freedom. And again, as I said, Episode 3. I do do apologise, sorry, for the few days delay. Uh, I went out with a few friends on Saturday night and Sunday I was... uh, There's no way I could record anything on a Sunday after I'd been out on a Saturday. But it was a very eventful night either way. It was good spending time with a few of the lads that I've not seen for a good period of time. And... I enjoyed it, it was a good laugh, and we'll be doing it a lot more, of course, but it was nice weather, so it was a good time, we went out and had a good laugh, um, yeah, so I really enjoyed it, but yeah, this podcast really, again, I'm not going to base this on absolutely anything in particular, but I do like it like that, but I'm going to base it on anything I want it to be, which I, I'm going to clue at the moment, but we'll go along and see how it goes, my weight loss is going okay, it's not the, the, the best, it's not been at the gym now oh how long now three been four weeks and i go twice to three times a week so normally it's i like to do it on monday wednesday friday sometimes i'll miss out one of them because of me the achy or something's come up and i need to do something but i'll always do, do at least minimum two times um and i like to do a maximum of three that's pretty much how it is the last three weeks i've been keeping an eye more on my works i finally got some scales after all this weight loss scenario and me doing the keto diet I never had no scales, and in my gym that I go to, to get to these scales is it's easy, it's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? The free, that's pay for them. You just stand on them, tell you where. But there's always either a queue of people waiting to go on them, or there's someone who's there with a bunch of their friends, and they're doing weighing each other one after another after another. And it's just a situation where I just don't want to be stood there. You know, I'm not happy with my frame anyway. So I don't want to stand there while they're fucking weighing themselves, talking and giggling between themselves if it's female or if it's males that tend to uh, be a bit more different, of course. So I just thought, stuff out. I'll, I'll buy some scales finally and put them in my bathroom. So I have done that. The last three weeks I've lost just over half a stone, which I am absolutely of the moment with. Now, it does bounce up and down for some reason, and I don't think it's anything to do with my diet. I don't know what it is. Sometimes it'll be... A few pound more and a few pound less but then i just think where would that come from and i don't know i don't get it maybe these scales aren't just really uh, as good as what i thought they were because sometimes it just don't make sense but 
I don't know. Yeah, so three weeks, half a stone. Um, this keto diet is fucking killing me. It is. It's it's killing me to a certain extent. Is I have to. Well, it's costing me more for shopping. That's for a fact. Um, the always say everyone says, keep healthy, eat healthy, think healthy, be healthy, keep moving. Good for your heart. Good for your bones. This, that, the other. But it costs me a good. 40 50 quid extra a week just being healthy um which I'm, i don't really degrudge because i know it's, it's going to go down well and it's going to help me out in the long run so i'm just kind of getting used to it but it does cost me a bit more and literally the keto diet is it's literally pure meat so chicken sausages burgers i do sometimes cheat i mean everyone does so if i have a burger i don't fancy it by itself with a bit of seasoning i'll just bang in a little little miniature bread cake that i get these little warbling ones these real small ones <laughs> which makes me feel a bit better but still in the day it's cheating um, and i'm also hammering absolutely hammering the uh, the salads so i don't realize how the different amount of different salads you can get because I'd never paid attention to it enough before in the past. So the more now I know what I need to eat and how I need to eat and keep myself that bit more healthier, I'm paying more attention to things like salads and what different types you can get, different seasons you can get where you're not cheating a keto diet, but it gives you a, 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 a minute different taste, so it makes it a bit more enjoyable. Because I never wanted to go on the keto to really dislike the food because if it was, I know I'd go off it and I'd struggle and I'd. And I might be good for a couple of weeks and then just stop. I like the keto to be still as enjoyable as just eating basically the dirty foods, but you also know in the back of your head it's good. So, yeah, hammering these salads, uh, and I'm enjoying that. Like, I do a full shop that got delivered today, and I had eight, maybe nine different salads, like these pre mixed bowls. And I add to it, I'll, add, I'll cut up meat, I'll cut pre cooked chicken, and I, I add to it myself just to, just to mix up my taste. But yeah, just over half a stone in three weeks, and I have my goal of August to be round about 15 stones, so I've got another one and a half stone to go. Fingers crossed at the moment in time it's going okay. Um, so yeah, I did want to I did want to mention this on my last episode, but I completely forgot to mention about the weight scenario and, and what's going on with the diet and stuff. So now people are kind of get up to date on that aspect. It's uh, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It is, and it's very, it's very, it's very morally depressing sometimes when you know you've got to keep at it. But all the well, all the end. So it's it's enjoyable when you step on the scales on a Sunday and you've know you've lost a bit of weight. I'm just looking forward to finally seeing it physically with my own eyes. That's the thing because. My weight recently for the last two years has been really, really dragging me down slowly and chipping away at me. I think the, the point where it really got to me is hand on heart, I uh, I bought some um, new uh, clothing. And normally for, oh, I don't know, three or four years, I've been around about 34 to a 36. And I had to buy a 38. Basically, I ordered a 34 to 36 size. It came, I put them on just a bit too tight. So I had to order a 36 waist. And that's when I realised I thought, hey, it'll be here. What's going on here, lad? I think we need to sort something out. And it just it just chewed away at me. And so I knew I needed to do something about it. Because if I don't do it now, and another two years goes by, I'll be well over the 20 stone mark. And I'll just get to the point where I'm just past caring. And if you get to the point of past caring, things escalate to the point where you know damn well in the back of your mind you're never going to get that, that strength to start something. And I didn't want it to be like that. So, fingers crossed, I can keep with what I'm doing and everything's going to be going down well. But... 
I'm happy with the uh, progression at the moment. So, yeah, there's a few things I must admit I have wrote down, and I've wrote them down for a reason because it just jogs my memory. Um, a lot has gone on the last just over a week. Uh, everyone knows I've got a new motorbike, and it's an absolute phenomenal motorbike. Um, scary as hell to ride. Not as much now, but it was for the first part. Uh, but I still fully enjoy it. Now, I know they are wanting, and they're going to be looking at making electric motorbikes. I, being a fellow rider, I think this is probably going to be the worst mistake the government and the companies that make them will ever do. And I think the crash rate and death rate for motorbikes will go through the roof because our saving grace as a motorcycle rider, sorry, is the the sound that the motorcycle gives off when you when you ride it and the louder it tends to be the better because we're a lot smaller than a car it, we can get in smaller gaps and we're in and out a lot of people just don't see us and if they don't see us in time nine times out of ten something could crop up and you could really hurt and injure someone and our saving grace is basically the, the sound that the bike gives off now my motorbike has got a black video exhaust and it's not particularly the quietest but it's not particularly the loudest it's, it's just right for me i think and people hear me when i'm riding it which is good can you imagine riding a motorcycle that looks absolute bollocks but all you can hear is a little whine and you're lucky to hear that and these things can go to 100 to 120. god i can only imagine the crash rate and the death rate that's going to increase through the government and the companies wanting to make and introduce these things and put them on the road i have seen one i seen one on uh, Facebook Marketplace. The guy was after 2,600 for it, and it looks absolute dog's bollocks. That's something I've never seen before. The shape, the colours, the the way it's all entwined. It's just It looks a really good bit of kit. And I messaged him. I said, look, I'm not interested in buying, but how long have you had it up for sale? And he was like, I've had it up for over a month and a half. And I remember head, I'm thinking, well, it's a good price for it. And the range is really good on as a mileage. I'm surprised it hasn't really been bought. And that's when I really started thinking. I thought, well, the only people are going to buy them are cars are going to be bikers. Bikers know full well, just like myself. You take that sound, that exhaust away, and you're going to be like a cat in headlights. And people are not going to hear you. They're going to be walking out left, right, and centre. And you're going to be scared as shitless riding that bike because you know damn well no one can hear you. And it's bad enough now having an exhaust and having a bike that people can hear. People still step out and they just don't see it. Cars pull out. I've had it a couple of days ago. It happened to me. But imagine being on an electric bike and it happened every five, ten minutes or every once, every three or four times a journey. It's going to really start chipping away at you. And not for me. Not for me, personally. It's definitely not for me. And I can understand why the guy had the bike up for sale for over a month and a half. I just think... I think a lot of people are struggling to try and make themselves believe that it's the right move to go electric. Um, yes, cars is fantastic. Again, it still adds that thing towards the car scenario. Uh, you can hear a car coming to a certain extent. So you take that sound away. Again, there's going to be that nerve-wracking moment of people stepping out. But 9 times 10, the electric cars now, for example, Tesla have everything built in where if someone stands in front, the car automatically detects it. If they're going to introduce that to a bike, mm, yes, they could. Two things that might go wrong with that is that, of course, the bikes will be a hell of a, a lot more expensive to buy. And number two, what can it do? It will automatically brake and stop for you. Being a biker and you're on two wheels, last thing you want is someone stepping in front and the bike automatically braking 
for itself because if you're not expecting a flat split second you could be flown off that bike a lot of damage could be caused to that bike and of course a person would survive and not be hit that's perfectly great but it's just they're not knowing so i don't know how the technology people are going to go about doing it but i know it's going to happen one day just because of the way the technology is going now um i think it's, it's a nerve-wracking moment regarding the bikers and and what's really going to be put on the road so i, I kind of wanted, wanted to mention that because um i think it was only two days ago i was going down a main road of mine and um i i was on the inside because i can go on the inside we have two lanes for example so we have a bus lane and we have an outside lane so i can go on the bus lane whenever i want on my bike i'm allowed um and what i'll do when i go down a bus lane and there's loads of traffic on the inside lane i'll go in the lowest gear possible to a certain extent so my engine sounds a bit more louder than what it should be just so people look in their mirror before they pull into the bus lane so Hull City Council have kind of fucked up the ear because what it is they do not allow anyone to go into the bus lane between a certain time that's fine but what drivers are struggling with is turning into roads because they have to cross over the bus lane to get to certain roads, especially left hand or right hand bend, whatever. And if a bike is going down there, it's not their fault, I suppose. It's just one of those. Well, it kind of is their fault. The driver's fault for not looking in the mirrors before. And a lot of them just have a quick glance. They don't see the bike and just cross over straight into across the the uh, the, the the bus road, well, the bus lane. And that happened to me. I had this green. I want to say transit, but it wasn't. It was like a Volkswagen van thing. And I was just coming on the inside of it. And it was a woman's driver at the time. I thought it was a man at the time, but it was actually a woman. Anyway, I was just creeping by and I was just doing the speed limit, maybe a mile an hour over, just so I can get by her. Next thing you know, she just swung out, just swung from left to right, right into me. And I, uh, I braked with my right hand and I revved at the same time and put my... Uh, clutching so I can literally, literally break at the same time but you rev, you max out your rev so they can hear you go da -da -da -da, and it makes them jump and pull back in and luckily enough she pulled back in and then she pulled up to the lights afterwards and she went I'm so so sorry she was apologetic I was like don't worry about it but it scares the fucking shit out of a bike when you do it especially in a van just be more aware of bikers on the side of you and she's yep hands up straight away but we have to take them risk daily on bikes and you do get more switched on when you're riding them just for moments like that because you just do not know what's going to happen even if you're in normal traffic doing a speed limit down a normal road you just do not want to you just don't know what's going to pull out and at that, what time and what's going to happen and it's it's a killer when it does because it fucking makes your heart jump like crazy anyway so we've gone on to that one um what i have been um watching recently is i don't know i don't know if anyone knows them which they should do they might not i don't know i'm not too sure but uh, there's a guy on youtube called roman atwood now roman atwood is someone that i grew up to listening to and watching whether it's his vlogs but mainly it was his pranks he used to do pranks all the time with uh, a guy called uh, fuzzy who used to have a channel called fuzzy tube now fuzzy is a mixed race geezer and guy and he's really he's a nice kid he really is and anyway back when they was doing the, uh, the pranks and stuff like that there was to prank each other they used to prank family members their partners general public it was when it was really rife the pranks and i fully enjoyed them anyway for over 15 years i've been following roman atwood just for the prank scenario and then he mentioned three weeks ago maybe two weeks ago i think it is that he is doing his own podcast that's when my ears picked up i thought wow i want to I see what this goes like 
So he, he did his first episode. Well, he did his intro first to explain that he was going to be doing the podcast and in his first episode. And his first episode was with his best friend and then the next one was with his dad. And now this episode, what I'm just literally just watching now, was with Fousey, which is a guy, again, I used to watch when they both did the pranks together. And Fousey too, if you do not know, he has a lot of demons and he's had a lot of problems in his life. And he has not had it straightforward he's made a lot of mistakes he's a lot of choices that he's made in life have come back to really bite him he got addicted to drugs uh massively addicted to alcohol he got addicted to the sex trade believe it or not so going to buy sex prostitution and stuff like that and he was addicted to um what else was he addicted to um porn oh he's addicted to porn as well he said on that as well so he's literally addicted to everything his life was a massive jumble now when Fousey worked with Roman Atwood he was a, 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 a turned up kid he was good shape very healthy happy-go-lucky chap and very funny at what he did and then he he piled on the weight I mean he piled on a lot of weight and you know damn well he wasn't happy in, in the frame that he was living in every day um, he has to see himself every day we don't and I think it chipped away at the poor guy to the point where he started getting addicted to the things that were necessarily never going to help him but in his head he thought they would uh, but there was never going to be an end goal and he then made the choice of entering um, I can't remember the name of the programme because I do these episodes sometimes that we're talking about now off the cuff which is literally what I'm doing now but he did like you know in um, in England we used to have a thing called Big Brother. I think they've had it in different countries as well. Well, what they've done is they did something very similar on YouTube. But what they did is they got all the YouTubers that are, are, are not well known but known to a certain extent and put them in a, a house and a location and make them do like trials and games and stuff like that and like very much like the Big Brother kind of thing. And he got put into into this. Ah, oh, the name will come to me soon. But and I watched it because he was in it and. Anyway, we watched it, and he literally, because he was addicted to drugs, and he kept it quiet to a certain extent. I think people probably already knew that he was, um, but he tried to keep it on the low, low. And he went into this house, and he had a bit of a confrontation, and he was under the influence of alcohol. And he had a confrontation with another kid. Now, this other kid here hit him, and he shouldn't have done it. At the end of the day, there's no, there's no need for violence like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, Fuzzy was acting a bit of a div. But at the end of the day, the kid that hit him should have realised that he was under the influence and you just literally just walk away. Uh, but he didn't. He chose to hit him. And anyway, Fuser fell down straight to the deck and cut himself and literally got thrown out of the house the next day because of it. And that was his um, that was his open eyes moment in life. And he, when he woke up the next day and he realised that he wasn't in the house anymore, he was in a, a random external room to the property. And his manager saying, "Look, you've been thrown out of the house because of this. Has, this has happened." It kind of opened his his eyes a lot to what his life's been going like for the last five years, where he was going, and what route he wanted to take, but clearly wasn't. He wasn't going down that path that he was was ten years previous. And that moment opened his eyes. Ever since that moment, I've seen that I, f- I followed him even more about his. His, um, his efforts, his thoughts, because he's a very vocal man on his social medias and he he explains what's going through his head and I love and adore that and anyone, especially a male doing it because I want to be like that myself more. 
where if I've got something going on in my head, if I've got a feeling or thought or a sensation or anything, I'd like to just out outright just speak about it because if it's something that will affect your health or affects your mentality, speaking about it is always the best way of doing it and not letting it just build up inside and just letting it all go in a wanna. And he's like that and that moment when he got hit and the next couple of days after that, he started to change his life. Went straight back to the gym because he used to do that back in the day and he built himself up, turned himself up and he started to get the respect back from all the other YouTubers and all the other people that kept an eye on him and stuff like that. He, he, he kind of got his respect back because he then started doing um, podcasts and he's just come on to Rowan Atwood's podcast which is the episode that I'm currently watching now when I'm nearly finished and he opens up like an open book about his demons, his thoughts, um, and the reason why it went the way it did his life. And it kind of opened my eyes because some of the things he was saying, I didn't realize I could see them in myself. And I was like, shit, fuck, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a moment. Now, the first thing he mentioned, the reason why he went into this spiral, this sense of, something that he couldn't control was his alcohol addiction because he would drink and um, for 12 hours or for however long it takes him to get the alcohol out of his system um, he would forget how bad his life is and because for that period of time he forgot he thought it was the answer and so he kept doing it and next thing you know time flies by and you've been drinking heavily for a long period of time and of course your body's going to start to get affected your mental stability is going to get affected everything about you will get affected because alcohol is a very addictive drug to a certain extent it's very addictive in general and he mentioned about that now i started looking at myself like fuck wait there what do i drink now i'm a big geezer i'm like 60 and a half stone and i didn't realize how much i drank until i heard him say it now I'm at my workplace, I'll do four on, four off. And of course I won't drink on my four off. Um, my four on, sorry, because I'm travelling on the work, main road every day to get to and from work. And of course I'm working nights, so of course when you come in, I might have the occasional beer after a shower just to try and tire me out that bit more. I'm bummed from nine, nine times out of ten, I, I, I crack up in the beer and I'll drink like a quarter of it and it'll be sat there be at, beside the bed when I wake up to go on my next night shift. That really wasn't the issue. And then I realised what I was drinking on my days off. Now, I can go through, and my 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 love of certain alcohol is it's just JD. I love JD, JD honey, JD apple, normal JD. Um, I'm a more of a spirit drinker than I am uh, a pint drinker. I'm not very really much a big fan of the lager anymore. Probably because all the impurities that are in it, and you don't realise. Um, and I get bloated very quickly drinking it as well. So that's another thing that put me off. So I was thinking to myself, what do I drink on my four days off? And then it came to me, fuck, in four days I could literally go through a full litre of JD, at least. Easy. And if my four days off my work consists of a weekend, where it overlaps a weekend, I could do four, uh, one bottle of JD at least, at least in the four days off, and I, I could easy, easy go through three to four bottles of wine, instead of three to four days. Easy. That's a lot going into a human body. That's a hell of a lot. And when he mentioned that the main problem that his life started spiralling in the wrong direction that he thought was right, and it was alcohol that was the first addiction, 
and I thought, fuck, we're there. So, literally, me seeing this podcast made me question myself that bit more because I didn't realise there was a problem. Clearly, there must be a problem. I mean, I'm a big guy, so I can take a lot of um, units before I actually get really pissed, but that's no excuse. Because it's like that, doesn't make it any better. So literally, I swear to you, and this is going to do it for me, not just for anyone, I'm doing it for me. There's like, what, a week left this month, give and take. End of this month, I'm going to go dry. Dry, I'm going to try to go dry for a full 30 days, a full next month. So I'll be in June now, so July, I'm going to go fully dry. Keep doing my two to three times a week at the gym. Keep doing with my um, with my eating and my Makito and, and stuff like that. And just see how much difference it makes because I didn't realise as well. Another thing that was mentioned on their podcast, and by the way, if you want to check this out, it's Roman Atwood Podcast. Just put Roman Atwood Podcast on YouTube. Very, very great gentleman. Love him to bits. He's done a lot in the 20 plus years he's been on YouTube and this is probably one of the best I think he's done. Even he mentioned that him and his partner, Brittany, used to drink early days when they first started the YouTube thing. So they go and do tours and stuff like that and go and visit different cities in America. And they would drink champagne and like live the high life. You know, media people are like, social media people are like, don't know, the YouTubers and stuff like that. They tend to like think the better than what they really are. And I think they just drank things like that from what he said. And he said, Roman up, even Roman up, he said, he said, him and Brittany used to argue all the time. So they cut out alcohol completely in their life. And they've never once argued, never once argued ever since. And they've had three kids four maybe four kids since then and the 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 life is, is just a lot more plain sailing because they aren't masked by what alcohol can give and what it can do to you and i was like look listen to this and i was like oh my days addiction comes in all different forms and i just didn't realize i was over drinking didn't realize i thought it was just the norm in my eyes it's like wiping your ass after you've had a shit you stood up from that toilet you know damn well you've missed something <laughs> nine times that ten be wiping your ass it's like that. It's like I just thought it was a norm. I didn't realise how many until I counted in my head what units I'm drinking over a four day period. I thought that's that's a lot. So going dry for a month, and if that goes really well, which I'm hoping it will, then I'm just gonna keep going dry and go out occasionally with my mates. I go with my family and have a, I don't know, one or two drinks. That's it, and just not be more reliant on alcohol because it's it's costly. First of all, it's not great for your health, and it, it impairs everything that you think is right and everything that you want to do in life. That impairs it to the point where people do rely on it. And I don't want to be one to rely on something like that. Because if I didn't know in the first place that I was over drinking, um, I don't want it to be the case of I just let it be and let it go on. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to help. If anything, cutting it out is going to make it better. So I'm going to try and cut that on it in, like, in a week's time. Um, addiction, like I was saying, does come in different forms. Another thing that I mentioned uh, that is addicted to vapes. Now, I vape all the time religiously it's always next to me like i mean i lose my vape i lose my mind and he said he was vaping in excess of what he should be doing normally and i'm thinking is that really a problem in fairness it is and it isn't because the government and scientists have not really had anything proven that they are bad for you vapes in general they, they haven't but it's still an addiction nonetheless and you can get the vapes now where they do have the physical nicotine in. Now, when I do buy my refills, I buy them in big bottles, I get the nicotine in small little two mil bottles that come with each bottle, which I then can put in and add the nicotine to my flavours that I buy. 
recently I've been they've been giving me them and I've not been using them because I can't tell the difference. When I'm vaping and there's no nicotine in, I can't tell the difference. I really can't tell it. So I just thought I'll knock it out. Just take the the nicotine out of the equation and see how that goes. And to be honest with you, I can't tell the difference. I'll just keep vaping as normal because to me, it doesn't make any difference to me. But I didn't realise that um, people are classing vapes as addiction as well. And I do use mine a hell of a lot. Now, I don't intend on changing that aspect only because it saves me money. I don't smoke normal fags no more, which has been over two years now. And this vape thing is, it's like, when I go and buy a new flavour, it's like buying a new t-shirt. I look forward to every month when I run out of my flavours to go into my local shop near me and buying a different flavour. It's like buying a new t-shirt to me. So I look forward to that. So I'm not really going to do much on it, but he did mention that vapes are another thing that he got addicted to amongst the drugs that he did as well. He was really big into his what drugs he was taking uh, you can see this kind of pattern that he was uh falling into but he, he did say like the main thing alcohol it was affecting the effort his drive his vision what he wants his goals that he set in life he the alcohol was just masking that and next thing you know he was forgetting that and he did say one thing which i do agree with and this is why i do it he said the thing that made him really get out of it, apart from when he got hit on this reality TV thing on YouTube, the thing that really made him a lot easier for him to do was pre-planning your week ahead, and it helps you a lot. And it does, because what I'll do, like for example, I'll pre-plan my week. So I'll be like going out for a meal with um, my family, I don't know, today, and then tomorrow um, I might have a date, or the day after that I've got to go and travel to another city to do something. Just pre-plan your week because he said the boredom when it creeps in when you don't pre-plan your brain wants to fill that boredom with uh, something to do and that's when you can revert to excess vaping or excess drinking so he said you pre-plan your life more in advance and it does really help and I do agree with that I do agree with that in every word really because it's helped me all the time um, and the reason why I know it helped me is because I got a phone call from a friend I used to go to school with her um, I had this phone call only last night actually and it was random she hadn't spoken to her for a couple of months at the moment in time and then she just rang me and I was talking to her and she said oh, I answered the call and she went to my she wants to ring to see how you doing see what's going on so I was like yeah everything's going fine and this that the other and she, I had a bit of a chin wag and she went the main reason why I really wanted to ring is because for some reason I've not been able to have the drive this is what she said and I don't want to mention the name on here because I don't know if she listens and it wouldn't be fair she went she don't, I don't this is what she said she went I don't know why but recently I've not had the drive to do anything getting up has been a challenge doing chores cleaning washing spending time with the kids playing with the kids it's all been a chore and for the last two weeks I don't know why and I'm listening to the words she's saying and I was like well what made you ring me she went I don't know but it's just something said just to give you a ring I just came across and I thought I'd just give a call and I, I said to her I said the reason why I think maybe you might be thinking like that because I'm looking back at my past experience on this one is because when I didn't have the drive to get up in the morning the reason why I didn't have that drive because I was so upset with what I thought my life is at that time but more importantly where I wanted it to be 
and I knew it was nowhere near the level where I thought my life should be. And when it's like that, I just didn't have the drive to get up in the morning because I thought, what is the fucking point? And this girl at Rambis, she's got a couple of kids. I said, the main thing that you should be thinking about every time you open your eyes in the morning is what's sleeping in the room next to you or sleeping maybe in the same bed as you. They should be your drive. When I was going through my moment in life, I didn't have kids. I still don't have kids. I never had a drive. Uh, but if I did, that would help me more. My drive, I had to entwine into my own head, my own way. Whether that's starting the gym, starting a new hobby, starting a new job, reconnecting with certain friends you've not spoken to for a big period of time. Any kind of drive you can think of doing, it is a drive. And it makes your brain click out of what it thinks the norm, which is depression, anxiety, overthinking things, thoughts that you don't really want. And when I was going through that moment, I had to keep motivating myself hourly, daily, every morning to the main reason why I want to get up, what I want to do different today. And it got to the point where it tires you out so bad. It does because daily, you do it daily. And if you don't see a change within two or three days and you're still doing the same thing, you're struggling to get out of bed, you're struggling to think straight, you're struggling to think, why am I on this earth? And, and, and the demons are just sat on your shoulders. And you're not seeing, you're trying your hardest, but you're not seeing your difference straight away. You've then got to try and keep picking yourself up because it's not going to happen in a short period of time. This is something you have to do over a long period of time. It took me a year, a fucking year, before I realised I'm finally out of the trap that I created in my own life. And that moment, knowing that moment, and when it came to me, was probably the best moment of my life. Because I knew I'd been fighting something for so long. Uh, and when you fight your own demons, it's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do. You can get in a, in a boxing with Mike Tyson, but fighting your own demons is going to be 20 times as hard. Because mentally and physically it exhausts you in everywhere that you think is right in life. It exhausts every avenue that you you cherish about yourself. It, it, it chips away at you. And when something chips away at you, it's like being at school. You could go to the skinniest person in school and you could bully that person daily and call them fat. You're fat. You're a fat fuck. And just keep telling them every day. Give it a period of time. That person that you are calling fat, even though they are nowhere near it, will start to believe that they are fat. And that's exactly what anxiety and depression was going through for me. I believed something all the time that was, was going to help me. and never did. And having that drive and strength every day to try and pick myself up and change my ways. It was the hardest time of my life. And the way I did it, and this is what I mentioned to a friend when she ran me. She asked me how I did it. Because she knows bits about me. I've told her bits and bobs about me before in the past. So how did you do it? So I said to honest with you, every day I'd wake up and I'd do things like not look at my phone. That's the main thing. I'd have an alarm clock, which would tell me the time, so I had no reason to look at my phone. I'd get up, have a shower, get a coffee, or go down to the coffee shop, which is right near me, which I've mentioned maybe on my last episode. I've been doing that a lot recently, um, a lot more recently. It's a really nice place, by the way. Um, and... I'd just get a coffee and I'd just set myself a regime. Monday, I'd go to the gym. 
Wednesday goes to the gym, Friday goes to the gym, and I'll do my shop every Friday. So I'll go on Asda online and 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 and, and add individually my own healthy diet and my own plan. So I know what I'm eating daily. So I'll order it all in one go. Sounds stupid, I know, but it took my brain away for that split second of what my life was really like. A shower of shit, and what else did I do? I ended up getting a cat. Because he takes me attention away. Because a little bastard he is. Bottoms to bits. So I got a cat. Decorating. I decorated my full apartment. Buying things that I wanted to buy. Which not necessarily would have done a period of time ago. Um, I did that. Um, and I also changed my job. So my job that I was in at the time. Um, <laughs> this is another story in itself this. So when I went into the depression for a good year. I wasn't depressed about not just me personally. As in the way I looked. Where I am. My physique. Everything. Not, not, it was nothing like that. But it didn't help. So I was, I was um, over cautious about it. No, that's not the right word. I was understanding that I was gaining weight slowly, but it wasn't the first thing on my mind. Hey, Max, talking to my cat. I can hear him, but I don't know where he is. Oh, I was playing with the door. So I knew that, and then um, so basically for twelve months. Well, no, let's start from the start. Right, let's start again. Right, where, 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 where am I? So I came out of a long-term relationship, which I think I mentioned a lot, to, a few times on previous episodes. And I came out of this long-term relationship for a good over 10 years, near enough 10 years, sorry. All I knew was her. All she knew was me. We spent every day together. We we built our lives together, around each other. We went on holiday together. Literally, I went to the toilet. She'd be in the toilet together. Not on the same toilet at the same time, but she'd get, do you know what I mean? With everything we'd do together. Of course, the last year of that, uh, last two years of that relationship, I knew something wasn't quite right. The relationship wasn't what it used to be. It didn't feel what it used to be. Um, I, I did feel myself drifting out of love with the girl that I thought I loved, cherished, and cherished every, every bone of my body, but I could feel something which wasn't quite right. But I never changed anything. I just kept masking it, thinking it's just stupid thoughts. Just forget about it. Live your life, things will change. Next thing you know, you're, you're going to be happy again. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those ones. You know what I mean? I like to stick that in the sand and hope it'll just change the next day. And it never did. And for, for two years, I was battling battling in my head of what was right and what was wrong. And it came to one day where, this is a weird one, this. I came home from, no, it was a weekend. It was a weekend. It was a Friday. So I came home from work. I chilled out. And we had a plan. We always used to have a film night on a Friday night. And I remember she was just really quiet. She came in from work. She was really quiet, overly quiet, if I remember rightly. And I was like, you all right? She's like, no, I'm fine, fine. Anyway, I was like, whatever, that's fine. Normally, for five years previously, if she was like that, I'd be like, drumming on her. What's up? Tell me. Come on, you can you can speak about me. Look, at it's me talking to you. But at this present time, I was like, yeah, whatever, no problem. And it went from one ear, not the other. Next morning, Saturday morning, she woke up. And she just turned around. She went, I'm going to draw some money out of banks. I was like, yeah, no problem. And she got dressed up and dolled up and that and she went out and she, I think she drew about 200 quid out and she got her hair and nails done and I was like that's fine what a, that's that's whatever that's fine so I chilled out football day Saturday which is what has been tradition for me and I watched the football on the spot didn't hear anything of it all afternoon I'm thinking that's not like her not like her at all so I text her I can't bother text her this day and to be honest, I don't really care but I text her something nothing bad and she texts back real limited on what she normally would be like like one or two words and I was like something's not quite right here so I rang her and I rang her and I was like is everything alright here what's the cracky you've been a bit weird the last few days 
and she just came out of it. Oh, I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna grab all my stuff and I'm I'm, I'm moving out. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no worries. I'll see you soon. Whatever. I just didn't believe it. Whatever. Didn't believe it because we've had arguments before in the past and nothing's ever come of it. And next thing you know, you wake up a few days later and it's, everything's all dunky dory again. But nope, she came home and she started packing. And because I wear my heart on my shoulder and I'm thinking better than what I really am, I was like, well, if you're gonna go, gonna go. Go, just do what you want. Thinking that she wouldn't. No, no, she did. She she packed up her stuff and she got picked up by her sister and she left. And this was uh, on the Sunday. No, was this Saturday night? Yeah, this will have been Saturday night by this point. And for the next three days, it sent me into like a a weird kind of I don't know. Like there's a film I can't recall it with a flying dog. Uh, there's a flying dog in this film and he grabs his ears and he flies with it. But it's in like a different world. And it sent me in a different world. What I'm trying to say is it sent me into a different world where I was living my life on this plane of air and in this earth. But man was always elsewhere. And for three days when she wasn't there, I'm still thinking in my head, oh, I think I'll be all right. Because time went by. And it wasn't. And it really wasn't. And when things didn't really start clicking to place where she wasn't ringing me, she wasn't texting me, she just wasn't bothered. She just moved out back to her mum's, um, left everything pretty much everything apart from her own possessions with me excuse me and I'm sat there in this big three bed house with a big German shepherd dog and a bloody white cat oh did we have Max at the, um, the cat at the time Gizmo I can't remember I don't think Gizmo was there at the time I don't think Gizmo was there he'd run away like a month before sat there in this big house so I was taking the dogs for walks every day and trying to live my life and in the back of my mind I'm thinking everything's still going to be okay still going to be fine and it was chipping away at me because it wasn't I was getting no communication I didn't know where I was at, and then of course my landlord. I had to tell my landlord, "Look, Nicky's moved. My partner, ex-partner's moved out. Um, we need to sort something out." And he was like, "Well, you're in a three-bed house, Dave. You know what I mean? What's the crack? I want to rent this out to a big family. If she's not going to be there, the rent's going to stay the same. And I can rent it out a three-bed house. I can raise the rent." Anyway, cut long story short, he got really shitty over such a small period of time. Really shitty, and it made my life hell, absolute hell. Bearing in mind, I'm still going through this turmoil in life about losing my best friend and he issued me a section 21 out the blue now if you don't know what a section 21 is in England it's a, a, a clause that a landlord has that protects them for everything and they don't necessarily need to go to court for it um, but we did end up going to court anyway which is another story in itself so he issued this section 21 which means it gives me two months to get out of the property and I'm like what the freaking hell is this about I said I even rang him I said look and I said my, my, my landlord's name I said look what is the crack you know I've had a breakup I'm going for a shit time I'm in a good job I'm paying the rent on time every month you're getting it no matter what what is the issue and he couldn't answer he couldn't answer and he's like at the end of the day you split up with your ex and I want to rent this for pop it out to a, a family now i want to get a bit more money for for what the place can offer so i was like right okay so i had no choice in the matter basically so huh, this is a story in itself isn't it so the six the section 21 was slowly creeping close and close and close to the day and i was looking around at properties and i just couldn't find anything that would accept pets so i was like fuck i have to make this decision where i've got to get rid of the next best thing in my life which is my dog and he's a german shepherd his name's max and he was a, the most loyalist fluffiest stupidest dog ever but i i loved him wholeheartedly and 
I was asked, I was looking everywhere to find a property where they would accept dogs, and no one did. No one would. So I had to make the decision to to get rid of my dog. So I put an advertisement up, and I said, "Look, I want a really good family that are, um, are settled in a nice area that are willing to look after and want a three-year-old German Shepherd dog called Max. He's gorgeous. Anyway, this family came forward." Um, and they had a kid, so yeah, this mum and dad came forward with, a, with their kid and they said, look, we'll definitely take him. And there was some hizzle. So, of course, they took him. And I'll never forget that moment when I remember, because Max was stupid. If you get his lead out, like I, like any dog, his tail will start wagging and he was excited. And I was giving him kisses and cuddles and saying goodbyes. And to him, he was thinking, well, you've got my lead in my hand, in your hand. I'm just going for a walk. So his tail's wagging. He didn't have a clue. And I'll never forget the time when the woman grabbed the lead and, a few bits that I gave him with Max and walked out the front door and the front door closed and when that front door closed on me and the house just fell deadly silent literally you could hear a pin drop and I just sat there on my couch and I was like fuck this is where this and that's that moment in time it really hit me I thought it's going to go downhill now and slowly but surely enough it did started drifting downhill because only the week after that I went to my workplace because I worked nights again at my old workplace. And what I'd done is I was doing a tank-to-tank. Because -tank, basically I work on a big massive oil oil plant. I was doing a normal tank-to-tank -tank transfer. So I'd do it daily, nightly, so it was no big deal. And normally I'd have my e-fag in my jacket pocket in my uh, where my locker is. But weirdly enough, it was in my, my, my jeans pocket. So as I walked out this room, as I'd done the, um, the transfer of liquid from one tank to another... I was just about to close it on. I took a massive drag of my e-fag, which everyone does on that sh on that on that workplace. Everyone does it on night shift. You know what I mean, you, you, there's certain designated smoke. There's a designated smoke now. Don't get me wrong. And there's laws and regulations to tell people this. Yes, I should have done it in that area, but I didn't. And I was just closed the door. I took a big drag of this fucking e-fag. Anyway, as I closed the door, it must have created a vacuum and it pulled all the smoke in and pushed it inside this little office. In this fucking office is the alarm, and it triggered. And the alarm, when it triggers, doesn't just trigger the fire brigade from the local town next to us. Uh, it also <laughs> emails and sends a text to the boss that owns the company. So I managed to reset this fire alarm straight away. As soon as I went off, I was like, shit, what the fuck? Anyway, I went to the, the local panel. I reset it, and the fire brigade came, and I said, look, it's a false alarm. And I told them the situation, and they were just more than happy that the place wasn't burning down. So it was just a false call. So they was happy on that aspect, and I was like, I'm so sorry, lads, and done dusted. Then the owner of the company tender walked up five minutes later. Bearing in mind, this plant nearly bent down a year previous. And I told him outright, I didn't hide the facts because I could have hid the fact that I just, something's gone wrong, I don't know. And I opened the door and the fire alarm got set off by something, I don't know. I could have just denied it, but I didn't. Old, old my hand, I held my, held my hands up, sorry. I said, look, it's my boss's name, I don't mention his name on here. This is what's happened. I made a bobo, uh, but I spoke to the fire brigade, they're more than understandable, and I'm sorry that you've had to get called out, and it was like, it's, this is what his reaction was, sort out tomorrow. So I thought, nothing of it. Next morning came, I'd finished my night shift, went home, and I got a fucking email from my boss, um, I was at a call, it had been a call saying, look, um, don't come back to work tonight, there's been an internal investigation on the situation about last night. Now, this guy that did this, I was really close to him. I've done so much from within the company to try and get jobs out, earn the company money, do extra hours, do overtime. I do everything outside the box to make this geezer happy. Don't get me wrong, I got something out of it at the end of the day as well. 
but his words, and I'll, t- I'll say his name now, his name's Stuart, his words were, don't worry about it, Dave, you've put your hands up from start to finish about your boo-boo that you made, uh, we'll sort out internally, but you are going to lose your job, we just need to go down the, the, the procedure route of disciplinary, so I was like, not a problem. He left me stewing all day, right, I didn't go back to bed, I stayed up all day, and he said, if you don't hear from me from half past, f- if you don't hear from me by half five on a night, five o'clock on a night, just come to work as normal for your next shift. He rang me at five past five and he said, sorry Dave for the delay, sorry, um, but they don't want you back, they, they, don't, they don't want to terminate your employment. So I was like, what for? I, I mean, I know what I've done wrong, but I've, I put my hands up and I've explained that I didn't. I made a bobo, everyone does it, but fortunately no one else got caught. When I did get caught, I made a bobo, I put my hands up and yes, I think at worst it should be at least a, I don't know, a warning or maybe a written warning or something like that there's different moves to go down but getting rid of someone for that here it's stupid and his words were i tried my best to protect you but we've got new guys above me now and they want to make a stamp on the company and i think they want to make an example of you so i said well that's fucking great that in its joke so for the year and a half i've been working for the company i've bent my over backwards to help the company in one way shape or form no matter what you've asked you've got when something goes wrong in my life and in that moment in time when I'm at work where I need your protection, you know where to be seen. You can do a lot more. And he, he, he couldn't answer. And anyway, I lost my job. Cut on story short, I lost my job. So that was another thing I had to fucking understand. So I'm trying to move out. I've lost my dog. I've lost my, my original house, my three-bed house because my landlord's been a dick. I've lost my partner and my best friend. But I've also just lost my job for no fault of my own where a company could have been a bit more lenient on it. And it was two weeks before Christmas. Two weeks. So, the hardest part I knew now going forward, because I love the festive period, I love Christmas, I love New Year. I always have every year, and um, me and my ex used to go over the top on it with his decorations or excess buying of presents. And, uh, do you know what I mean? We always go over the top. We'd love it every year. And I still, now to this day, love Christmas and New Year every year. It's a tradition that I will never get bored of, and I always love it, hand on heart. But I knew at that moment in time, and I got told I wasn't going back, I can't go back to the workplace that I need to earn income from to get a new place. Excuse me. I thought, I am up Ship Street without a paddle here. Um, how am I going to keep myself mentally and physically on the right path? I didn't know what to do or what to turn to or who to turn to. And I literally just curled up in a ball for two or three weeks. Two or three weeks, I just curled up in a ball and... As time was going by, I was getting closer and closer to the date of me having to get forced out of my old house, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't understand what I'd done so wrong in life for everything to be taken away from me. People have got a member who listen to my voice now. I had everything in my head. I had everything. I had a, um, a stable relationship, which I thought was stable. A big three-bed house, fully decorated to what we wanted it to be like. A gorgeous three-year-old German Shepherd dog called Max, stunning dog, full-time, very responsible position in a, in a great job, a definite decent income coming in every month, a good general lifestyle, and it all disappeared over three weeks. I knew I was going to be in for a ride, and the amount of times I woke up and thought, just fuck it, just do something stupid. And you know the only thing I think what mainly kept me fucking not doing something stupid for some reason is because I made myself believe that my ex was laughing at me. 
don't know why. I just had it in my head that she was laughing at me, knowing that my life was crumbling because. I, in my head, I thought if she can just do this and just turn her back so quickly and leave not just me, but everything, and just go out and start a new life, I now believe there was someone else involved. I do for a fact. As time's gone by, I've now put two and two together as all the facts have come to light in my head, and I don't believe there was someone else there uh, involved, uh, another male. And I just think she's just had a head turned. I think I think personally something like that. But in the, my head. Every morning I woke up, I thought, I don't want that bitch to laugh at me about my circumstances and what shit I've been left in. Even though I don't think it could get any worse. But I knew deep in my heart that me hurting myself, or even stupidly taking my life, what would that achieve? It'd achieve absolutely nothing. I'd be even more failure. And in my head, I believed that she would laugh even more. And I really didn't want that. And as the time was coming up to the section 21 of my old landlord, what he'd give me to get out of the house, I bounced onto my family. And I said, look, to my sister, my mum said, look, I'm having a fucking hard time here. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with high anxiety. I'm not sleeping. I've lost my job. I've lost my pets. I've lost my long-term partner. I'm also losing my house, by the way. I need something to keep me going. And do you know what? And I love this about my sister and my mum. They turned around and said, you don't need nothing from us. Because for the last 30 years, you've dealt with your demons. Whether it's your health, whether it's your situation, or whether it's even something stupid like moving from job to job. And you've always overcome it. This is just another fucking hurdle. Sort yourself out. And you know what? That's what's pretty much what it was like. And just that, them being like that, was enough to tip me over the edge. To the point where I got a new job. Literally got a new job and I started this new job, which is the hardest part of finding a new job because you've got to go to an interview and sell yourself for the position that you're inquiring over. When you don't believe in yourself and you morally hate the way you look and what you think and what you everything about yourself and you're going through depression, high anxiety, stupid thoughts, not sleeping, I've now got to go into an interview room and try and sell myself for this position. Anyway, I managed to do it. And I got a job at a recycling plant uh, called Eco Power in Melton near Hull, where I live. Really good hourly work. Driving my machines that I used to do for over six years. And I got to know the team and I got really close knit with the team. And that was enough. <laughs> I love the lads to bits and I miss them all now because the place was shut down. But all them lads there, absolutely cock on. And they, they never knew anything about me, like what I'm talking now. But... They treat me just like a normal human being, which is what I've really needed at that time. I had the, the male banter and stuff like that, and the, the taking the piss and stuff like that, and it just it made me understand what I really needed in life, and that was literally just stability and something that I can control, something that's under my control and no one else's. I believe because when my ex walked out, it was under her control, and she stripped everything from underneath my feet, so quick I couldn't even envision life being single but then losing everything at the same time hard pills to swallow so I got this job and I went to go and view my first apartment I was in my second apartment no it's my third apartment to go and view my third apartment this is the one that I'm in now recording it now and I fell in love with it and uh, I was like I really want this what can we do and she went well it, 
the end of the day, the price is there. If you can meet the price and send the paperwork forward, we'll do the rest. And I did. I uh, worked my ass off at this new job. I was working 60, 70 hour weeks. Conjured up enough money, which was about to move in here, grand and a half, near, near enough. Oh, with removal fees and everything from as well, it probably near enough two grand I had to conjure up straight away within two weeks. So I went my ass off, got this money, paid them out, got accepted on the apartment. And I remember the removal firm moving all my stuff in and the door closing behind them when they moved my last bit of my furniture in. And I sat down in this whole new space, whole new environment. And you know what? I knew there and then my new life has just started right there and then. I don't know what it was. Something clicked in my head at that present time when I was in my new apartment with all my new furniture. I could decorate this to whatever I want it to be, do what I want, think what I want. And for some reason, as soon as I got my keys to my new apartment, my whole life changed. And bearing in mind, this was enough to get me out what I was going through. I know that for a fact now. And I know that because when I first got this apartment, I was split up with my ex for ooh, two months, eight weeks, something like that. But I still had another nine, ten months of still going through a similar thing but the thing that kept me going is I had my own space my own apartment my own bills I had a different job and then finally got a new motor oh, I got my old motorbike which is my old one I've got rid of now finally got that and literally it just felt like everything was just slowly clicking in place and as time went by and time is my favourite thing to the point where I want to get time tattooed somewhere on my body just the word time time and a clock because I think time is the best thing a human being has got I really do and as time went by my heaviness on my shoulders and my horrible thoughts that I was dealing with every day and the loneliness that I thought I was going through slowly started drifting away and after about a year I remember waking up one normal morning and I had a different pattern going on in my head I had um the after dark thing I had my, my my ghost thing my podcasting going by this point I had different avenues going on so my thoughts were flicking elsewhere and not on what I thought was the issue when it never was an issue what was the issue is me focusing on what I think is an issue you need to focus elsewhere and branch off cast your mind elsewhere and do random stuff see random people do random hobbies do ran have random thoughts but cast your mind away from what you think you're overthinking about because that alone will eat you up from the inside and spit you out. And that's what it did with me for 12 months. And when I woke up after 12, it was about a year. It was just coming up to my first Christmas um, without... Well, it had been my second Christmas without my ex. But it was coming up to a Christmas without being, being preparing for the full year of doing. I even put my old Christmas tree up and everything. I decorated all my communal areas. So all my other flatmates... Well, not flatmates, but other flats in my area... All the communal areas all lit up with lights, all outside. So the main road was all lit up. The main gate that surrounds my property was all lit up with lights. Proper Christmassy. I went hell for leather. And I woke up this one day after doing all this and it felt like 15 ton had been lifting from my shoulders. And I can't put into words the feeling that that brings you, you not just mentally, but in your heart. Knowing that you've just you've, you've fought this long year battle of not loving yourself not liking yourself 
thinking about what other people might be thinking about you. Thinking that your life should be one thing and it should be this. It's not. Your life is what you make it. At the end of the day, if you want your life to be something, you work hard for that. Because if you don't, it's just going to go back onto its normal track and something that might get you uh, a bit down and under the dumps about. But if you've got a hobby, if you've got something you really enjoy, go out there and do it. If you've got a friend you want to contact, go out there and contact them. you've got a location you want to go to, do it. It's just a lifelong battle it was. Well, it felt like a lifelong battle. Finding, seeing that, that door open at the end, uh, best moment of my life. And and this is why I enjoy doing a podcast because I don't have, like anyone else, I have so many things going through my head on a, a daily basis, just like everyone else. But the difference is I just, I just overly talk about them. I just spit it out. Just talk about them because I go through demons. I go through issues all the time. I still do it now. But I've learned now to handle them by changing my mentality and, and, and putting things in between to try and stop me going down a route where I know I've been before. I tell you one main thing. One second. Max! Stop, bloody cat. I tell you one main thing, though. I do not regret any part of it. From the time that she, my ex, did what she did, how she did it, her reasons behind it, the way she maybe lose everything, the way how everything worked out, I don't regret a single second of it because if I didn't go through that hurt and that turmoil in my life, it would not make me who I am now. And to that alone, I really respect going through that. I really would never change it because going through that shit in my life at the age of 34 has made me who I am now. And I tell you what, powder's punch that I've gone through it because now I can handle um, a lot better than what I could do back then. Um, what I thought was right then, um, I, I, and overthinking things and 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 stuff like that. Just I don't do that anymore. I uh, I live each day as it comes. I do. I make each moment count now. And if I've got something go from my head, I will speak about it. I will question it. I'll talk. I will treat everyone around me how I expect to be treated myself. And just little things like that make you who you are and, and design you as a person and as a an energy. And that alone creates a vision, not just to people looking at you from their eyes, but also you looking out your own eyes of what you are as a person. Because if you do not know what you are and who you are, waking up daily will be a very challenging task every day and it will chew away at you. The more you learn and love yourself and the quicker you're able to do that, either by going through hurt in your life or questioning things that you've done or questioning motives and choices um, or even just speaking about things that go through your head. Things like that make you who you are and you learn from them and you, and you will come to understand more. And that's all my life has been based around now, understanding, taking a step back about what's going on in front of me and understanding why certain things have happened and what I could have done to change something. Or if it's just going to happen, it will happen. But yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> a big massive talk on what I've been through regarding addiction, depression, anxiety, your effort and drive in life, your vision, your goals you should set, but more importantly, pre-planning your week, 
because if you're going through some shite pre-plan your week and make sure your mindset is uh, driven away ever so slightly from what you think is the problem because time will kick in if you keep doing that and uh, it will get a lot easier it really really will i'll tell you that for a fact i really enjoy talking like i don't know i mean i've come on here and i've wrote two or three things down and literally i've just spoke about god knows what for um, over an hour but yeah so check out roman atwood's podcast is very in detailed and, and a very good good podcast and it, it opens my eyes to what i'd like my podcast to be uh, one day i do want a studio and i do want to plow some good time and effort into that but i just want to get used to being in front of the mic and talking and just doing what i fully enjoy and once i get that in place then i know i can pursue further and wanting to um to see different avenues and and push down different roads and yeah, so I'm definitely wanting to do that. But you need to check out his podcast because uh, the Fousey, um interview is very, very touching, very to the point, very core. Um, and what I would do is just listen to every word that that Fousey has got to say because he's been through some shite and it opened my eyes and it might open yours. But my name's been Dave. This has been Spiraling Sense of Freedom. I do enjoy talking. I really do. It's been episode three. I will try and make sure that I will be prepared and ready and um, recorded in time for episode four, which will be, fingers crossed, Sunday coming. But again, it's been a pleasure talking. And I do hope that you can start sending your questions and your stories in um, because I've not had a few for a couple of weeks now. So try and send them in. You know all my socials. They'll all be connected on and explained on the uh podcast that you're listening to but whatever platform you're on or the youtube channel whatever so um either way i'm sure you'll find a way to send any questions or any um stories in um but it's been a pleasure i do enjoy it and i will speak to you guys next week Bye.